Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the last stand, and here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, and when you're talking about MMA and UFC, well, our guest today is one of the greatest, considered one of the greatest pound-for-pound fighters of all time. You know, the only Olympic gold medalist in history to win a UFC title, much less capture and hold two of them at the same time he is none other than henry cejudo champ welcome to the last stand what's up brian thank you for having me man i appreciate it i appreciate it but i will say this i am the greatest of all time i am the goats (laughs) i love it uh listen uh how's retirement though how's that going Retirement is great, man. Fat and happy. I'm retired from fighting, but I didn't retire from working, man. Uh, I'm doing real estate out here in Arizona and Phoenix. Um, I'm co-hosting Hot Boxing with uh, with Uncle Mike. If you see him up here, you probably think I'm weird with all these crazy pillows. But I'm doing that. Uh, and then uh, I'm getting ready to have a kid for the first time uh, come come mid-November. So I'm on cloud man, man. I'm, I'm just excited. That's great. Congratulations, man. You certainly got a lot going on. Have you felt the urge, though, to start training and to come back at all? Uh, not really. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> no, dude, there's only a couple of things that will motivate me. And that's, uh, that's one, going up against a fighter that nobody thinks I could, that I could win or beat. There's never, been a, there's never been a three-time division holder that would have three belts in the UFC. And uh, this is this is actually the champ right here. So I'm I'm I keeping I'm keeping him close to me, or or a bag full of money. You know I want I, I, something's got to be worth my legacy. It's, it's either me going after another championship, or two getting a bag full of money, man. Because you know I love money. I love it as much as you do, Brian. What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, who doesn't who doesn't like the bag? Uh, so Alexander Volkanovsky, can he lure you back? Alexander, the average Volkanovsky, um, he can, he can. He's got a fight coming up September twenty fifth. Um, I've, I, tr- I still train though. Like don't, 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 don't. I still train. I still do mixed martial arts, but I'm not like in camp or doing anything like crazy heavy. But w- what I am doing, the time that I do have now, you know, I'm, I'm studying. I'm keeping my body fit, so when the time does come. I'm able to, you know, if, if, if the meeting does, I'm sorry, if the meeting with me and him does come about with the UFC, you know, it'll happen. But uh, 
As of right now, man, it's either him or a bag full of money. <laughs> so I, I remember in May of last year when you, you surprised some folk uh, when you retired after su successfully defending your title. Um, let me ask you this. Why did you feel at that time it was the right time to walk away? Because I've done everything, Brian. I've done everything. I'm the first and only UFC champion. I mean, I won the Olympics at the age of 21, becoming the youngest in history of the U.S. to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, and then after that, uh, yeah, I defended both my belts. You know, I beat the greatest of all time. And Demetrius Johnson, who had the crazy, the highest, uh, you know, uh, streak in UFC history with 11 tile defenses that ended up defeating him. The guy that knocked me out in 2 minutes and 36 seconds in the first meeting that we had, the first fight. And, uh, you know, I, I beat him. I beat TJ Dillashaw, who was on EPO. Um, I beat Marlon Marais for my second bout, who was knocking out three of his last opponents. And then I beat the best, the, the, arguably the greatest bantamweight of all time in Dominic Cruz. And I just said, man, what's next? I've always argued. I've always wanted, I, I've always wanted more pay with the UFC. I never really got it. So I can't leave my destiny into their hands. So I decided to, uh, to do this, man. And I'm, and, and I'm killing it, man. The real estate is booming. Right now, you know, obviously a hot box, and if you stay tuned, we just had uh, we just had Khabib, Canelo Alvarez, like the biggest names in sports, and that's that's a line that I'm going to. I'd rather start my life now, man, because we don't get paid as we should. I mean, we get paid and it's good money, but it's not what we deserve, man. We don't have a union like the NFL, like the MLB, like you know all these other organizations. So, and it, just imagine what we do, Brian: elbows, fists, knees. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like after you get done with the fight, like you can't, you can't move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there's guys that I have friends personally in the UFC that are that are behind, and that, well, that's it's not the UFC's problem, but they're behind on on taxes. So now every time they do fight, a lot of that check is actually being paid. Her uncle Sam's actually taking it. So to me, I'm not, I'm not necessarily complaining because I do believe like the destiny relies on your hand. But I'm just saying. These are the reasons why, you know, and, got it, got uh, you know, it, if, if, if some, if, if someday I need to come back because of the finance, then that will come back. But as of right now, man, there's nothing that really, uh, you know, it's either, like, and I mean, it, it's either a bag full of money or, or, or give me this guy. Yeah. Alexander the average. <laughs> uh, well, you certainly, besides the real estate, uh, and all the other things that you got going on, uh, the podcast with Mike, uh, you've certainly been active on social media. Uh, you trolled TJ Dillashaw after his win and said a rematch would be easy money. An easy money rematch. Talk to me about that. Well, it would be. I mean, he's right now he's the number one contender now in the world, and I got rid of him in 32 seconds, and I don't think nothing would change. I'm just another level above these guys. You know, these guys are playing checkers. I'm I'm just, I'm playing some other game, dude. I'm just, I'm playing chess. And it's just, uh, there's nothing that really intimidates me with what he has. I've proven it before. Um, I just think people need to learn, people need to know how to fight him. And uh, and that's it. I believe I am the kryptonite to any of those guys. And I believe even Aljamain Sterling, who has the belt right now, and uh, Peter Yan, the Russian. I mean, I'm open to all these fights, man, but... I just, I, I'm not doing it for what they're giving me. And that's and that's all there is to it. Like I said, I ain't complaining. I'm really not. I'm just saying, if you really, if you guys want me to fight, I'll fight any of them. Anytime, any day, just give me that cheddar guap.
I love it. Uh, you said at the top, you are the GOAT um, and the greatest uh, fighter of all time. Tell us why. In your opinion, Henry Cejudo, why is he the greatest of all time? Oh, because numbers don't lie. You know, anybody, even popularity, like, like I'm going to give you a, an example, like Khabib or even Conor McGregor. Let's just say Conor McGregor. Yeah, he's a more popular... He's, he's more, uh, let's not confuse being popular and credentials. Like, uh, and I'm going to go back to Conor McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor had two belts too. He never defended both of his belts, nor did he ever win an Olympic gold medal for his country. I did both. I'm the first and only, I'm the first and only, and a lot of these records will be shattered. And when I say I'm the greatest combat, I, I, when I say I'm the, I'm the greatest of all time, I'm talking about not just in mixed martial arts, but in combat sports. You know, I'm a two-sport world champion, three different weight classes. Bring somebody to me, Brian, that has greater and better credentials than me. And I will bend the knee here live on your show. But they don't exist. It doesn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, yeah. this is just the reality. Whether people want to take my ignorance for, for what it's worth or they want to listen to, the, to what I'm saying and I'm speaking because I'm speaking facts. You know what I'm saying? Like, th this right here, which is ironically, this actually comes number three into like my, my credentials. Cause my, number one is being an Olympic champion. Number two is being inducted and being the youngest hall of famer in USA wrestling history. And then number three is, is getting these two belts. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is an Olympic gold medal is just, uh, or, or I'm sorry, these belts are just, are, are just the recipe of success of what I've already done in, in amateur and Olympic style wrestling. So that's all, that's all I gotta say. People may like me, they may, they, they may love me or hate me, but numbers don't lie, and those are facts. And I hope you guys can take them, eat them, and digest them, and do whatever you want with them. How much do you think the Olympic gold medal separates you from the rest? Oh, big time. You, you, can, you can have three belts in the UFC. It's, it's, it's the hardest, most competitive thing a human can do. And the, the, the world's oldest sport, which is wrestling. You know, this to you guys, to you guys in the public that watch uh, fighting, like, yeah, this looks more vicious. This looks a little more... Uh, how can I say? It's just a little more brutal. But in reality, it's not as competitive as you guys think it is. Because there's a right hand, there's a knee that can put you out. And in wrestling, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's been matured since the beginning, since, what is it, uh, 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 what is it, 300 years before Christ, you know, when they started the Olympic Games, that it's, it's, it's been developed to its, to its more, to its unique form. Where everybody, where it's 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 literally it's like track and field. It's that millisecond that separates gold and silver. You know, mixed martial arts. It's they can have a champion every other week, every other weekend, and that's just the difference. And this is what I'm saying, man. A lot of records will be shattered, but when you accumulate what I've done in sports, not just the mixed martial arts and MMA, but in sports, wrestling, all that. That's how that's how the greatest combat athlete of all time has been created. And it's been a goal that I've been uh, set for since I was uh, man, since I was a 16, 17 year old kid when I actually wrote my goals down. And this was it, you know, to become wow. not just another fighter, not just an Olympic champ, but to become the greatest combat athlete of all time. <laughs> so uh, along those lines, then what did it mean to you when uh, Khabib was there and he said, and listen, he's really, let's be honest, the only fighter in UFC history attire, a number one ranked pound for pound fighter in the world, perfect 29 and 0 record. 
uh, defended his lightweight championship for a third time. But when he said, your resume is a level above mine, what did that mean to you? Oh, it means, I mean, it means he ain't lying. <laughs> Honestly, Brian, I'm, I'm being straight up with you. I love it. Because he, he, he ain't lying. Like, it's not like I'm honored. I know. You know what I'm saying? And Khabib knows. Like, you know what I mean? It's just people just don't like me. That's part of even why the reason why I even started this whole persona is because, especially for the lighter guys, is we don't get the attraction that we that that we can't that we that we should be getting. You know, somebody that really changed the sport was uh, for boxing for the lighter guys was Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, look what he was able to do in the you know in the in the mid '90s to all the way to the 2000s. You know, with his, you know, with him being a lighter guy and being able to take those guys to the top, it wasn't just heavyweight base. So, you know, I, I started the character for that same reason, whether whether people like it or not, because we got to bring attention and create storylines. So whenever it is that we fight or whoever someday tends to beat me or, or does beat me, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like you pass the torch. So in reality, I'm actually being the bad guy, but in reality, I'm actually the good guy. If that makes any sense. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. You know, am I yeah. crazy, Brian? Am I crazy? I'm just another. Well, listen, I'm just you another. I'm just... <laughs> created a, a stir uh, when you had that Twitter post uh, on Simone Biles saying that she needed to check herself after withdrawing uh, from competition there at the Olympics and, and, and said she needed some tough love. So, so explain that. It gives you the opportunity to explain what you were. Oh, you she needs to, to check point. herself before she racks herself. You know, men, that's not the, the Olympic Games is so prestigious. It's, it's not, let's not confuse mental health, mental health with the twisters or whatever that was. The pressure that comes with you being a champion, a returning Olympic champion. And I watched, I watched the track, I, I'm sorry, I watched the Olympic trials in gymnastics. And that's all these damn commentators say. Oh my God, the goat! Oh my God, even when she's off, she's a goat! Oh my God, even even under her worst day, she dominates the competition. Like if you buy into what people, like you know what I'm saying? Like you should never really buy into what you're hearing. You should buy it. You, you should continue to keep exceeding and excelling and trying to become better. But I think that's part of the. I think that's partially what happened with Simone Biles. She she got caught up into her own hype. And I tell you this as an Olympic champion, I tell you this, that's somebody that feels pressure, that has to be, that has, it's just like she has to be uh, uh, alone on the, on, uh, you know, on the gymnastics floor. Man, I'm, I'm alone, I'm one on one with somebody else. What I'm saying is I deal with the same pressures, but going to the Olympic Games and saying that that's mental health, that's your manager, that's your manager talking this. And then all of a sudden NBC makes it seem like she's heroic. Oh my gosh, she's bringing up the subject. Guys, this is reality. This is what happens. Talk to Michael Jordan. Talk, talk to Michael Johnson. Talk to some of the great. Talk to Michael Phelps, a guy that had to literally go to the Olympic Games and win eight gold medals when he had only eight tries to do it. And he did it. It's part of the game, man. The thing is, is these social media kids, that's what I feel like she is. She's a social media kid. She's a social media brat that just couldn't take the pressure. So she decided to say, I'm out. And that's it. And I feel like me, and, and, and again, if this was me or my little sister, anybody, I would tell them the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do need a little bit of tough love. Am I, am I wrong here, Brian? Am I going to let the next five? She waited five years for this moment. And now she wants to say it's mental health, but yet she's on her, she's on her Instagram taking selfies and, 
and you know, going to see her boyfriend one day after the Olympics, you know what I'm saying? With a big old cheesy smile. I don't know, Brian. You know what I'm saying? The truth hurts. You wow. tell me. I, I, listen, What's your it, take on that? It, it's certainly a hot take and not one that, you know, most uh, athletes in the media uh, certainly had. Uh, in retrospect, w would you still say the same thing? Of course, man. I I'm not changing my opinion. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm a big fan of hers. So let, me, let, me, let me just say let me just say that again as a even as a not even a, because I'm in a minority thing. I'm just a big fan of winners. And when I see things like that, I'm just like, man, you just could have like I really had you on a pedestal, like on you being the goal. But once I saw that, I was like, no, there's there's breaking points in there. You know what I'm saying? Which we we all have them. You know, physically, but when it when it when when you allow it to really take over, you it's like, man, that's just that's just different. But I was also happy too that Sony Lee had a chance to, uh, you know, to to win the all around, and I think that was that was pretty cool for her. But at the same time, I was like, I guarantee you, she probably doesn't feel like she's the best in the world because in order for you to, you to be the best, you got to beat the best, and I feel like someone kind of took that a little bit away from her. Because as a competitor, man, you want to make sure you want to say, I beat all of you, all of you on your best or worst day. But I became the best in the world at this day that we had planned four, five years ago. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the importance of the Olympic Games. This is what I'm telling you. Like this stuff right here, this stuff is this stuff is easy in comparison to the greatest competition, which is the Olympics. Hmm. Um, let's talk about the UFC. Um, Stop me when I lie, Brian. Stop me when I lie, bro. Who, who is the face of the UFC? <laughs> who is the face of the UFC? Honestly, it's Dana White. It's Dana White because he's the one that's on camera. He's the one that's on TV. It's not even the fighters. You know what I'm saying? It's him. And then I would say Conor McGregor's on a four-fight losing streak because it's all about the money. The UFC is not... The reason why they put mixed martial arts in there. It's because they want they wanted to sell this to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, to the Athletic Commission in general. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, man, you're going out there, you're actually fighting. You know what I'm saying? But if I had to really categorize it to who's the face of it, it's Dana White. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then and there's the rest of the fighters. And I would say it's Conor McGregor and all these guys that are probably the second best or even like a Poirier. Because these are the guys that, that that they tend to market. I feel like the UFC now is kind of going more of they're picking like the bigger names and they're starting to build their big pay-per-view events around them rather than building everybody up and giving the whole stories, which they do do a good job, but you can't focus on the dude that breaks his ankle. That's just, that's, that gets stopped, you know, first, second round, like he does, like he did his last two fights, but he still tends to be the star. So what I'm trying to say is mixed martial arts it's not an MMA, a mixed martial arts company. It's a marketing company. Hmm. And if you can sell tickets, that's exactly what it is. You know, and that's the difference. That's probably why, I'm, and that's probably why I'm not the damn face, to be honest with you, because I've done some extraordinary things. But it's the same reason, man. It's like, I don't know, I just, I wasn't, I, I, I tapped into it, but then I also feel like I left a little, a little early, but I, I want to start my life, man. I, Brian, I've been doing this since I was 11 years old. At the highest levels, I want everything there ever there is, everything that there ever is to win, and uh, I just wanted to be compensated. That's it. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference between the UFC and Bellator? 
the marketing. The marketing is the biggest difference. You know, the marketing of what the UFC does and where where Bellator stands. I believe now Bellator with Showtime is doing an amazing job. Like I went to their last event, and man, they're doing a great, great job. I love the I love the tournament style format where the you know what I mean where you know who you're fighting. And if you don't fight, then you're out. You just the champions going through the tournament too. Like I think it's it's cool because it gives people something to follow. Where McGregor just won't get the title shot with the UFC. You know what I'm saying? Because McGregor said your mom's fat or your mom's black or your mom's Mexican or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's you're gonna find who the best the best is, man. And and, and I love that because it's about the pure competition of winning. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and you listen, to AJ McKee and. Uh, Pitbull, so yeah, they got some really good fighters too as well over there. You know, you you talked about it at the beginning, and a lot you hear from a lot of fighters. You hear from uh, John Jones. You know, obviously Connor has said it. You you've talked about it. Fighters have complained about the UFC pay. Is it disrespectful? Is it disrespectful? I, I mean, I, um, I guess disrespectful in the amount that they have been paying you guys. Yeah, but this is the thing, though, too, Brian. As you know what happened with the UFC? They sold the company. I love mixed martial arts. They oversold the company, which allowed them to put them in debt. And the only way for them to make their money back or to be able to be on time, because they're upside down, dude. Was it 4.3 million? Billion, I'm sorry. 4.3 billion they sold the company for. It, it, it's not worth 4.3 billion. To in my eyes, they'd be happy to get sixty seven hundred million, and I mean that because the fighters, it's it's not like the NBA man, you know what their team because you know we're all individualized. But if we were to come together, it would, it would be a little bit different. It's not worth that type of money. So now what happened is they put themselves in debt, and who's gonna take the back seat? The workers, which is the fighters. Um, am I am I crazy, Brian? Am I? No, no. Does I the mean, truth listen, does the truth hurt? Put this in perspective for us. Give me a story, Henry, where something where you really had to go through something just to make it into the octagon, and give us some insight on how much you got paid for that fight. Oh man, no. I, you know, honestly, Brian, I don't. I don't really. I don't want to get into that stuff, and into the numbers because. This is the thing, though, too, is I still got to maintain that relationship with them, regardless of what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the numbers side with me and Dana, don't get me wrong. They're paying me, and they're paying me good, but I don't want good. I'm not just a good fighter. I'm a great fighter, and a great fighter deserves to be paid great, and that's all there is, too. That's a conversation be between me and Dana White. And uh, whenever it does flourish, and if it does flourish, or if it doesn't, man, I still have to give credit to him because he did take the chance on this $2 million company that was in debt that he had to revive with him and, and the Fertitta brothers, and he did it. So at the same time, it's almost like I don't necessarily completely want to bite the hand that's feeding me because they're, they're fair, but they can't be fair with somebody that's great. You know what I'm saying? Got it. Um, what do you think is more dangerous, boxing or MMA? Boxing. Mm. Tell me why. Tell me why. The bo boxing because of the glove. Boxing because of the glove. And the glove makes the biggest difference because the UFC glove is about four ounces. 
And if somebody hits you clean, they will knock you out. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody literally hit the, it just lights out. But with the boxing glove is you're getting these guys that have an eight to 10 ounce glove with the wrapping of the glove. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the glove isn't to protect somebody's face, it's to protect your hands. And the fact that the glove is heavier and you're getting these professionals that know how to hit correctly like the MMA guys, that's more vicious. And when you're only hitting the waist all the way up, it's just, it's a lot more dangerous because there's so many, there's just one target and, it's, and they're all minuscule setups to get to the head, to get to your chin and to continually, continually do it and hitting you to the body and to the head. And you ain't talking about the time too. You're telling me you're going to box for 12 rounds against the best in the world, against a Manny Pacquiao, and you think you're going to come out normal? Was it last year or a couple years ago? There's four or five deaths right. in boxing? Right. Like, man, you got to respect that game. It, it, boxing doesn't bring that, that spectacle that the UFC brings, but what it does bring, man, it, it brings that pure competition of from the waist up, we're going to hurt each other, and we're going to hurt each other bad. Mm. And with that big glove that people can kind of somewhat take and absorb, especially as the rounds go longer and your body becomes more heated and you can take a little more punches, by the time you're out of that fight, you're a different person. And that's boxing for you. What do you think about uh, some of these fighters, MMA fighters, that have gotten into the sport now? Tyron Woodley's getting ready to fight in here. Connor has been there. What do you think about him? Tyron Woodley's about to, he's about to get beat up by Jake Paul. Really? You think so, huh? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm actually gonna bet. I'm actually gonna bet some money on that. I typically don't bet on fights because fighters, fighters and fights are predictable, you know. But Jake Paul, he's 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 a he's a former wrestler, man. That goes from a wrestling background, and he's around world champion boxers, and I think that's something to be said. You know, that's something to be said because he's around he's around great people. You know, he's around people that have been there and done that. Tyron Willis has been on like on a four-fight losing streak. He's accustomed to that little MMA glove, which that little MMA glove, if they're to fight with little MMA gloves, I'm, I may give the chance to, to Tyron Woodley, but because they're going boxing gloves, it's going to come down to more competition, and it's going it's to be, it's it's be derived in an eight-round fight. That's the hard stuff. And Tyron Woodley, his hands are, he, he focuses on that right hand, and the glove's gonna change. It's, it's just gonna be different, man. Jake mm. Paul's gonna beat him. If he doesn't knock him out, he's gonna beat him by decision because it is a different game. And I boxed before, I've done amateur boxing. Obviously, I wrestled and I've done mixed martial arts. And I can tell you that any average guy with any average hands as a boxer, if you're just a boxer with a UFC guy, you will take him out. And for that reason, Jake Paul, you know, the dirt bags and end up winning. Uh, well, so what do you think about these guys getting into boxing? Could you see yourself uh, boxing eventually? Oh, of course, man. There's that Ryan Garcia fight that we've uh, that we've been kind of sizzling a little bit. I think we'll end up fighting. That's if I get the approval from Dana from Dana White if he allows me to. This is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I don't want to bite the bite. I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me. Uh, if it does tend to flourish, uh, you know, there's Masila Mashenko. There's a lot of guys that want to hurt me. You know, and I'm up for it. But let's let's uh, let's put a, let's put some zeros behind you. What's up? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, 
you ready uh, here, champ? Because we've come to the final segment of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm asking you a series of questions. Henry, you just give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready, champ? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Biggest accomplishment, you think, or bigger accomplishment? Is it winning the Olympic gold medal or being a champ champ in UFC? And winning the Olympic games, man. It don't get purer than that. <laughs> uh, uh, who is the most dominant UFC champion? Is it you or Khabib? The most dominant, I'd, probably, I'd, I'd have to give it to Khabib. But, but he ain't, but I'd have to give it to Khabib. But it is a bit boring because he will take you down. He will beat you up. And I, oh. I have better grappling than Khabib. But he can control people and hurt people on bottom. But you guys tend to like that. Oh, I like it. I'm knocking um, you out of my feet. Do you really believe that Gable uh, Stevenson can beat John Jones or Francis Ngannou? I do. I do believe that Gable Stevenson can beat both of them. I, I initially said two years, but it's actually going to be more like four or five years because he really needs to develop his hands and uh, he has the credentials. When you have wrestling and you have, it's not necessarily even just the wrestling, the sport, but it's what it teaches you. And I do believe that Gable Stevenson, in the next four to five years, he can compete a guy. He can compete against a guy like John Jones or even Francis Ngannou. First thing that comes to your mind when I say Chael Sonnen. Oh, Chael Sonnen, man, <laughs> creep. Can I say creep, Uncle Creepy? <laughs> and last but not least. By this time next year, will Henry Cejudo, the champ, be back as an active fighter in the UFC? You guys stay tuned and watch, man. I am a bag full of surprises. <laughs> yeah, you certainly do. And, hey, listen, there's a number of people who consider you the GOAT. I see the guns are still there. Uh, I appreciate you, man, spending some time with us here on The Last Stand. For sure. I appreciate you, Brian. Anytime, anywhere, and tell your people to get that shit together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Folks, that's what we do at the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport and none bigger than the man right there, Henry Cejudo. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again next week.